theoretically possible. Why waste time? But it doesn't make any sense. Discovery Houston, press to ATO. me to present my beautiful wife Quinn how are you hello my love I am very happy to be talking to you right now me too you're feeling good feeling great feeling good feeling great I'm excited to talk with you my love about our topic today yes the art of the presentation hence why I presented you to our audience I appreciate that yeah we <laughs> you know we just figured this is gonna be kind of off the cuff and just you know more generalizable in terms yeah. of like what are present what's a good presentation you know I mean I'm sure a lot of people have been in a meeting mm-hmm. whether it's in person or on zoom and someone's showing slides and you're just like oh my gosh this yeah. is really boring let's or, just say we've been in a lot of meetings recently oh, yeah. and we have learned a lot from others which is always a great thing to do it is it's a great thing and I just I think we're kind of just wanting to talk about it because I feel like there are really easy simple ways to make a simple presentation really awesome and memorable right because mm-hmm. like if you're depending on what kind of presentation you're trying to to provide people you know I think rule number one if you are doing it whether it's in person or online mm-hmm. having a visual while you're talking is a really important thing right yeah. However, most people just kind of lean on the PowerPoint presentation and don't really think about the design of it. And of course, Mm -hmm. that's really where my world comes in in a lot of ways of just like how much design can actually aid in someone's information processing, right? Like how much can design hinder that too, you know? And, you know, I'm sure we've all been there. We've seen a PowerPoint presentation and there's just a whole bunch of text on there that's just like, no one's going to read this, you know? Yeah, basically. And so I would say we're going to kind of go into like, yeah, how to give a really great presentation and um, not just with PowerPoint, but with other visuals too, like thinking outside of the box here. Because, you know, hopefully at some point, you listening will have to give a presentation to some sort of audience, right? I'm assuming so. And you don't want, I know everyone has their own, you know, levels of comfort with, you know, public speaking and whatnot, but um, even if it's just to a small group, like a team and whatnot, you want to, you kind of, you know, being able to communicate to others, um, not just through your, you know, word of voice, but Mm -hmm. it's also trying to bring along things that make people feel like they really are understanding or experiencing what you're trying to say, right? right. So I, You're bringing up a good point because even if you're not going to be presenting a PowerPoint, that doesn't mean that you're not going to be presenting a presentation. Right. Sometimes a conversation is a presentation. Yeah. And you may be discussing something that the listeners are unfamiliar with. Therefore, you're presenting the material to them. And this conversation that we're about to have transitions to those levels as well exactly and you know there was a time where we were really on the road like doing a presentation like almost every day about life out of the box so that that actually really prep prepped us a lot to be able to go on on the tedx stage and give our own talk on tedx right which was really nerve-wracking of course but i think what (laughs) we learned along the way and even after that we learned a lot and we continue to learn a lot just by being in meetings and saying oh next like this person's really doing amazing, right, you know, yeah. and then taking, you know, P's and Q's about, you know, maybe what's not really working on some other uh, presentation. But I think one of the number one things we've found um, with Life Out of the Box is it's really all about the visuals. It's not about mm. text. If you're using a PowerPoint or a video or something like that, if you have a screen, yeah. you don't want to be reading off of that at all. I know right. that's like kind of 101 basics, like duh, but 
Kind Seriously, of. kind of not, you yeah. know, and especially right now, um, as people come back into, into per, you know, real life, they haven't done this for a really long time. We've been on Zoom calls where it's just like they're literally just reading the whole entire thing that's on the PowerPoint. It's like that's not an engaging, you know, experience for people who are just listening. Right. And Bullet so you, points are OK, though. Yeah. But I, like multiple sentences and worse, paragraphs yeah. is what you're emphasizing should not be utilized. A hundred percent. Like if you are going to use text hundred percent do bullet points and just keep it to like five max, like mm-hmm. keep it short, keep it short and simple because really what you should be doing, people just look at that as a visual. If they're visual learners, which everyone's, you know, different kind of learner. Some people mm-hmm. are more auditorial, some are visual. There's lots of different things in between too. So it's important to just make sure that your presentation is actually, um, you know, appealing or effective in terms of everyone's different learning capabilities or the best way that they like to take in information. Yeah, well, I think often people provide too much text to get the attention off of them, yeah. you know, and and I understand that, you know, it's, it's not a comfortable situation going in front of 10 to hundreds to thousands of people. But at the same time, the focus should really, like, you, the focus should be on the words coming out of your mouth. Yeah. And if they're reading it, line by line as you're reading it line by line there's no point in you even being there why don't you just send yeah. the whole powerpoint and exactly. that's so so i am 100 percent with you it is all it is primarily about visuals if you're going to have bullet points keep them very very short and slim then sometimes they don't even need to be sentences they could be single words yeah exactly and um the other thing that i do want to translate this to is if it's just a conversation that you're having at a picnic bench some, if, if you're thinking about something that you want to have a conversation about, something that, whether it's like your current career or something you're interested and excited about, think of how you, if you have to show them uh, what it is that you're discussing, how would you do so? Yeah. So it may be photos on your phone. That's a great way. If you have some photos on your phone to help people better understand it, that's great. But you don't want to send them, you don't want to pull up the article that's explaining it like they're not going to read it while you're describing it so it's better to have some types of visuals to enhance it but other times i understand it's not necessary but it depends on what the what the focus of the conversation is about does the visual enhance the conversation does it help others understand it that much further and if so then you want to figure out how to present that to the audience that's a really great point because i think one of the big things with presentations and like you alluded to why people even put text they want to keep the you know attention off of them Mm -hmm. for whatever reason um you know it's important to bring resources to the table too like where are you getting these thoughts why are you talking about this like so if you do want to share an article don't put it on the screen send the link afterwards so they can read it afterwards and they can say oh yeah okay that's what he was talking about i was it kind of clarifies there's a Mm -hmm. lot of things that you can do in terms of resources that you kind of hold back in the presentation and say like afterwards if you're more if you're interested i'll send you the links that i've discussed or the resources from of the articles or whatever that i've i've um you know pulled this information from i would say i love what you what you said it's like just think about the visual and does it enhance it or does it take away right and um, one one presenter that I remember more than anyone else is George Gilder, mm. who is the author of Life After Google. Yeah. And this guy, I swear, he's a 70-year-old 
man, <laughs> okay? And he had more energy than most kids I've ever seen do presentations. Yeah. Like, I'm not even joking. He, this like, guy, jumped on stage. He jumped on stage. I mean, this is what he was doing in China. He had just gotten back from his whole tour in China that like, mm-hmm. took months. China and to Stillwater. China to Stillwater, Oklahoma. I mean, as one does, right? But I think... <laughs> um, it was so cool to see him because he had his PowerPoint. Everyone ha- like, was able to have access to it afterwards if they wanted to see it. Yeah. And we did have, we, we got that link for sure, downloaded it. And I've looked through it before several times after um, his presentation. And it's all very visual, visual based. It's mm-hmm. like things like here are the logos, not the words of the company. Like I want you to visually like start understanding what this, what this is. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, there were very few words, mostly to do with photos and whatnot and diagrams, mm-hmm. you know, diagrams, diagrams that he diagrams actually are very helpful they statistics. Are. Yeah. Statistics. To, yeah. I mean, if you're just like throwing out 56%, like, well, where did you get that from? Like show me, a, you know, a graph or whatever. Sometimes yeah. that's helpful. Sometimes it's not. And I think another really powerful thing, um, you know, in terms of some of the best presentations in South by Southwest, um, they weren't always just people talking on stage. It was also a conversation. But what was interesting to me each time that I really enjoyed it was they, they brought some sort of media, for the whole audience to listen to, right? Mm. So it was like, they would ask a question and be like, okay, well, we're gonna show you a video and then I wanna get your thoughts on it. So everyone hmm. watched the same video. And we, we've done that too with our talks about life out of the box, which is like, you know, we, it's one thing for us to describe, you know, what life was like there. Yeah, it's another thing, yeah, to, to describe what we're doing um, and to show you photos, but let's make you feel something. And that's where music and the video um, it was always short. You yeah. want to keep it short. It was like less than two minutes, right? Yeah. So you keep their attention. You don't want to play a 15-minute long video. Can't be longer than the presentation, that's for sure. That's for sure. And so video can be a really powerful element. But like you said in your example, if you're sitting next to someone and there's a bunch of other people around and you start you know, playing this video that no one else understands why you're playing it, maybe that's not the best time to do it, right? Mm-hmm. But I think um, you know, thinking beyond the PowerPoint is an important thing. You yeah. know, Just like thinking about like you don't really need something to guide you through it if you really know mm. what you're talking about yeah. if you really know what that. you're talking about you can get yourself through it but a powerpoint can also be helpful in terms of keeping you on track yeah. right there are some times where where presentations kind of like you end up finding yourself in like a whole other rambling session you don't want that you want to right. keep it short succinct and if a powerpoint helps you do that awesome but you can also think beyond that too in terms of, yeah, maybe I just have a video or maybe I'm just clicking through photos the whole time. Like that's basically what our life out of the box presentation was, was very few words, Mm -hmm. pretty much like 50 slides of photos where it was just like, boom, visual. And we moved to Nicaragua and then we moved to Guatemala and then we did this. It's very story based. It was very story based. We want to translate a lot of feelings. Yeah. But you're bringing up a good point, which are the customized five P's by Jonathan Button, which is planned preparation prevents poor presentations. And it is really obvious when people don't know what they're talking about or are rambling on. And so it does require one to actually put in a little effort. We can all tell the degree of effort that's been put into it. And I understand if you have to give you know, a new presentation every few days. And so therefore it's um, something that maybe you don't have a lot of time to fully prepare for, Right. but there's little things you can do to just give that little extra nudge of, okay, this person's an expert or, okay, this guy actually did a little bit more than, you know, just put it together today. Yeah. And, and it's not that hard. Just get from a C to a B. I'm Very not trying to get true. an A plus. I'm not trying to get 
4.0, unless you're going on TED stage, then you better be freaking prepped and yeah. planned. But if it's, you know, weekly presentation, do those little extra steps that just get you to demonstrate that you've actually planned and prepared for this way beyond what the average bear would do. That's a really good point. And it's okay to leave some room for improv. I mean, there are some mm-hmm. really talented people out there who could just on the drop of a dime just go into improv mode and just talk about something else, which is really fun. But that requires a lot of practice. That requires a lot of knowledge about what you're talking about too. Yeah. I mean, Q&A session is that. That's true. For sure. I think that's an, that's another th- big tip for how to do a really great presentation. Like, please leave room for Q&A. If people mm-hmm. are there and they don't ever get to like ask a question or anything, it really brings everyone kind of together in a small room or in a small Zoom session when the speaker is actually bringing in the audience, right? Mm-hmm. That's like, and that to me, some of the most present, like most impactful presentations at South by Southwest were the ones like, um, oh, I forgot his name. What is the researcher from Wharton who we both really like, who's written a bunch of books? Oh, Adam. Yeah, Adam Grant. Grant. Adam Grant. One of the first things he does is he's like, all right, everyone close your eyes or go to the next to the person next to you. And he has us do an exercise, right? Yeah. Interactive. Inter- yeah, it, like interactive immediately. Everyone is like, okay, why am I doing this? And then he explains why. It and proves the point that it, he's trying to make. It does. And it's, you know, a really powerful way. I think that when you're doing a presentation, this is something I definitely think we both learned when we were teaching too mm-hmm. at the university level is it's really important to not just go up there on stage and just like monotone, here's what it yeah, is. You got to be energized. You got to be excited. energized. But the best teachers are the ones who walk up and down the lecture hall. It's like, yeah. hey, what are you doing over here? Like, you're not just, you're not watching a YouTube video here. This is a human interaction right now. Yeah. It's harder, of course, on Zoom. But I think that there, we've actually been in so many calls, honestly, of people we don't really know and some people we do know and we start to get to know. And there are, <laughs> there are certain meetups, like meetings, that we we've experienced where it's like wow this is i feel like i'm like right there with them right you know it takes that's so little special effort to acknowledge them very you know? true and in zoom meetings it's even that much more valuable to be you know hey i i've never met you before why don't you introduce yourself to the group and now it's inclusive and yes. now now you're getting them to not just be a one-time visitor but you could actually get them to be a part of your community or part of a bigger idea beyond just Oh, I'm just here to pick up a few little pieces of information. Yeah, you know? exactly. Because you know, a lot, a lot of things on the internet that we consume are passive. They're passive. You're sure. watching a video, YouTube video. There's nothing that you need to do. No interaction. No, you, you incapable f- besides comments and hopeful that they read them. Exactly. And I mean, of course, there's live YouTube too, and there are some people who you know live live on a lot of different platforms where you can actually interact with the commentary, but not everyone does. But yeah. You know, I think that the the great thing, whether you're doing an in-person presentation or online, it's a really important to engage with the people. You're not just there to like tell a story or yeah. to just like inform people. You're not just a robot. You're not just a YouTube video. You are there yeah. and you have the opportunity to really f- make people feel like, oh yeah, this is definitely worth my time more than like, you know, researching this two hours on my own on yeah. the internet. Yeah, you can't go two times speed. Right. So... It's pretty special that it's going to take convincing to show that it's worth the time and interacting with others and having an open conversation is something that is worthy of my time. 
that's kind of how I view it. Exactly. Know? So I think, you know, a couple, uh, just to recap some of the points and we'll probably come up with some more, but I, I would say it's, it's definitely, like you said, the five P's, the preparation <laughs> planning. You like those? <laughs> I did. I like those a lot. Um, it's also, you know, interacting and engaging with the audience that you're not just there, you know, yeah. I would say that it's also like thinking about what visuals add to it and mm-hmm. don't take away from it. Um, and I think that kind of, kind of going hand in hand with the plan preparation is just like, make sure you're staying, you're staying succinct. Like you're yeah. really not just kind of going on a tangent and people are like, what yeah. are we talking about now? And, and less text was another point that we made at the beginning as well. Yeah. Less text. And that's where, you know, and think outside the box with visualizations. Like if you mm-hmm. can include a video with music, that is so much more powerful. Yeah. It really is. If, if you can do that or just video and audio together is something that is so much more impactful than text and photos. So yeah. remember that, you know, story is a good angle. Like if, even if it's something yeah. that's kind of boring, if you can find some story in it yeah. through an example, that's really, really helpful. Yeah. A, a question that I have for you, since you're super intelligent with regards to design yeah, is right. how important do you think it is to utilize one of these themed templates mm. where it's, there's consistency from the beginning to the end. Because when I think of like George Gilder's presentation or a few of the presentations we saw at South by Southwest, they actually don't utilize that much of a theme where, you know, the border is orange yeah. and the logo is always in the bottom left corner. And the title is very similar to the next one that's going to have bullet point with an image on the left side. And then the next one's going to have image on the right side with bullets on the other side. Yeah. How important do you think that consistency is? Is it necessary? Or do you think it's more beneficial to be fully, uh, I mean, you think about our life out of the box presentation. There was no theme with that. It was just all about visuals to enhance the uh, presentation for the audience. Yeah, that's a really great question. So, I mean, I think that it definitely depends on the presentation. Like, what are you doing, right? Mm-hmm. But just a few things to consider in terms of design research, because this is, you know, very much aligned with what my research was and is, you know. in, in Eye tracking. Eye tracking. So, um, yeah, I mean, there are certain Microsoft templates, for example, that if you see it, you're like, okay, that's a Microsoft template. A lot of people will just immediately are like, okay, you did very little effort. So that's one thing. Another thing is like just having the same slides over and over again. I mean, most templates actually have kind of a little bit of variety, Mm -hmm. a little bit, but you know, I've, we've seen presentations like at a university or an institution where it's like, obviously the logo and this, and it's like, okay, this is consistent. It's super standard, right? Okay. That's fine. But, um, in terms of design and what, um, engages other humans when they are sitting there and you're looking at this thing, right? And yeah. looking at you too. Um, you want to put a little bit of variety in there. Honestly, mm. the ones that are, I mean, you're not too much variety, right? If you if you go way off the rails and you're and no one understands what, where, uh, what, why you're even using these two slides, yeah, these slides or whatever you're using, um, you know, it can be kind of confusing. So you want to yeah. make sure, obviously, it's not like too so novel or irrelevant. So there's some kind of consistency, perhaps. It could be some kind of consistency. It could be something as simple as just like it's just black and white, and then all the photos are your colors, right? Okay. Or it could be where you've got like a really awesome font, actually, that is very you know hip and on on brand with what you're trying to do. But not too difficult to read. But not too difficult to read, and um, you know, maybe there, there's a lot of different ways you can get creative. So like, get creative. You know, like think about this as not just like a PowerPoint presentation that you're presenting to some board. I mean, that's one type of presentation for sure. But even like we're all humans and we Mm -hmm. actually do appreciate some level of creativity when it comes 
to designing those visuals. And that's where I think like video, there's a lot of variety in that, but there's also music that kind of helps people feel some type of way. Right. And then there's some type of way. Yeah. Some type of way. And, and then there's, you know, the PowerPoints where don't do like yellow background with red lettering. Like there's like (laughs) or yellow font, never do yellow font. No. I mean, you want to make sure that it's readable. Like that's number one. If the utility of your, of your visualization is not there, something's got to change. Um, but if you, if the utility is there, I mean, I would say just like go a little bit further to like, just make, your presentation uniquely yours. Mm, Make it like yours. That. Uniquely You're making it sound fun. fun. Okay. Look, I find this stuff really fun, actually. Oh, good. I really do. I think that, like, I, I mean, there's actually a lot of different templates out there if you're using Google Slides or whatever. Yes, that was my next question is we keep on referring to PowerPoint, but do you have a preference between Google Slides, PowerPoint, and I believe Apple's is Keynote. Is that right? Yeah. And pros, cons, thoughts on them, maybe overarching Take it away. Google slide, 100%. Why? It's just, um, it's easy for me to use. It's easy for me to design. I have like pretty much like, I can I can design them however I want. So you don't feel limited with them? I don't feel limited and I just feel like, well, it's also nice to have all of my stuff in one spot, right? Yeah. And to know what the version history is. If I change oh, something, that's very helpful. you know, and then also other people can collaborate on it. Because oftentimes you're not doing a presentation in silo. You're doing it with other people. Yeah. So to be able to share it with other people or very to helpful. easily share it with the audience. Like, hey, here's the Google link. Or, you know, you can mm-hmm. even make it private and only shared with certain people, right? Yeah. Whereas, like, if you saved a PDF file of your PowerPoint or the PowerPoint or the keynote file itself mm-hmm. and you email it to people, they can just forward it on to whoever. And honestly, you probably could figure that out with Google drive or Google. Yeah. Slides. Yeah. But I just think, um, I get, I guess in terms of utility and ease of use, it's I've found best, that yeah. that is the, the best. Um, and I would say just based on my thought that it's not as hindering to creativity as uh, PowerPoint from Microsoft. Yeah. You, you do have a lot of templates and a lot of the tools are easier to use saving no need to update the software love that i know but i want to talk about keynote because sometimes i've seen some presentations that have blown me away yeah and it's obvious they use keynote and you're like whoa i didn't even know that was possible in a presentation yeah. like there's one that i'll never forget where the guy it, it, he was given the presentation but it was as if each slide was in a different part of the universe. And so like, it was like traveling from one location in the universe to the next location in the universe to see the next visual. Whereas it's not, you know, regular PowerPoints. It's like, here's a piece of paper in front of you. Take away that piece of paper. Here's another piece of paper in front of you. This one was like a journey. And it just made me think, well, what could the possibilities of presentations be in the future oh man i I, such a good point and i actually haven't i haven't used keynote in a really long time honestly because of google slides i haven't really utility wise utility wise it's just like i can access it from anywhere any computer you know it's all there for me in my google drive but um you know i don't know maybe maybe if we're giving a ted talk again we gotta go keynote Maybe. Well, I think that also like we have a lot of uh, graphic designer friends who probably also use Adobe like to create really Mm, cool presentations. I can only imagine what's capable of that. I know. Well, and and so I think that honestly, there are certain platforms for various different levels of tech knowledge and know-how and ease of use. Usability with Adobe can't be that friendly. Yeah. I mean, well, if you're just, yeah, I mean, like say... (laughs) Think about like most of the professors at, you know, a university, you know, 55 plus, right? PowerPoint. Or 
PowerPoint, yeah. Microsoft, it comes with all the computers in the institution. You know, just think, you just got to think about like what system everyone's been using. Yeah. And if design isn't your thing, I mean, I think it's actually kind of cool that some people pay other people to design, a, you know, a PowerPoint slide or a yeah. keynote slide or whatever slide Go to you Fiverr.com. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, again, the presentation is a reflection. You know, the visualization is a reflection of what you're trying to say. Yeah. You know? And preparation too. It, it does, it's a huge thing. You got to make sure you're you're timely and you know, it's appealing to the the audience. Mm -hmm. I know we've, we've actually had the great opportunity to be able to present to a pretty diverse array of groups, honestly, you know, some who are really creative and it's like, I better not be using that like traditional same old template from Microsoft (laughs) PowerPoint because everyone's like, dude, what's going on? You know, like you got to know your audience. You got to know your own, you know, brand and your presentation. And I just feel like it, we, I just wanted to emphasize to others as, you know, because we've seen a lot of these in the last like few months to just kind of like take, an, take a step back of like, really, how how is this being received by the people who are watching this, yeah, right? Yeah. And to think outside the box beyond just a presentation, like how else could you make people really like feel like they're captivated and engaged. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, you know, just to keep them engaged. It's like that you want them to be involved. Right. Right. And how do they feel like they, it's accessible to them. Um, there are, we've seen a lot of presentations where the, the content is so complex Mm -hmm. and you're just like, Whoa, how do we like, how to like really communicate to the audience or adapt the presentation to the audience. Like, and that's again, like George Gilder, he had a presentation to the doctorate fellows yes. and to the professors. And then he had one to the whole university, which included undergrads as well. Yeah. That presentation was very different. Yeah. So just remember like, who is your audience and adapt it to, um, you know, their best mode of communicating. Exactly. I think that's a really, really essential point that I don't think people think of often. Yeah. The other thing that I want to emphasize is, it's so vital if you're giving a presentation in an environment that you are unfamiliar with, go early and get set yes. up. The worst thing that could happen is everyone's waiting and it's past the starting point time. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out why your computer or your USB isn't going on. Like it's not connecting. Something's wrong with the internet connection. Yeah. You can't get logged in on Google, et cetera, et cetera. Go early, get it prepped. 15 to 20 minutes. Yep. I don't care. You, in this type of situation, I actually don't think you could be too early. You can go earlier and just have it. And then when guests come to hear your presentation, you can shake their hands. You can talk to them. You can relax. Yeah. And it just sets the tone because the worst thing that you could be doing is right before your presentation, you're stumbling to get things put together. Yeah. And now your mind is all over the place when you need to be very focused when you're presenting. Yeah, that's a really good point. Like, and, and this is going to sound kind of silly and simple, but like at least have one to two backup plans. Like yeah, if you did that's it, a great point. You know, if you did it on Google Slides, okay, if you don't get to plug in your computer, you're going to have to get in there somehow. Yeah. Make sure you have time to do that. Internet's if, down. If that doesn't work. as a PDF. Exactly. PDF, get your USB on there and may not there. get all the animations, but you can present that. Well, then that's, that's a huge thing. And I, and remember like, you know, remember to leave room, you know, at the end for Q and a, I want to emphasize yeah. that too. Cause I think, you know, if you're not going to engage with the audience throughout the presentation, the least that you should do is at least allow for like 15 minutes of Q and a, where you get a few people to be 
able to ask their question to right. you. And I want to also emphasize that this is, this takes practice. You know, like if you're a little bit nervous, even like listening to this, like, Oh God, I haven't done a presentation in a while. I'm like a little bit nervous. I might have to do one, you know, when I get back into the office or whatever it is, just remember like, you know, you got this and just the more you do this, the easier it gets. And planning and preparing is a huge part of that. Right. And Mm -hmm. people, you know, there's going to be a little bit of improv necessary, but just remember, it's not all, I mean, you are up there. You are the, you know, the person that everyone's really looking at, but you can use visualizations to make people kind of like think, because of course people aren't just going to listen to everything that you have to say. They want to really feel like, like, why am I here? Like really, we have so much access to information via video podcasts, you know, articles, X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. That moment of interaction is pretty special and really hard to replicate in any other moment. Right. So like embrace it, you know, it's a, Mm. it's a really great way to, you know, we all make mistakes. I've made mistakes in presentations. I learned from it. That's mm. okay. You know, like not getting too hard on yourself. Like, oh, I stumbled over that word. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, no one actually cares that much. Right. And you can just, as long as you just like keep picking it back up and just, you know, just, and, and make sure that the presentation is personal to you. I mean, this is like, it, it might be about a, a, a company or whatever, but you can put your own design flair in there. You yeah. can put your own little things here and there and simplify Simplify as much as you can. You're not trying to go over everyone's head yeah. here. You're trying, you're but you're not trying, trying to make to it too to basic. Grandma. Well, that's interesting how we just did that. So you don't want yeah. to be too, well, it all depends on the presentation itself. Well, it depends on the audience. I yes, think exactly. like who's out there in the audience. What am I here for? Like the example of like the doctorate fellows yeah. versus the undergrads. Like yeah. that's a different level of jargon that you're going to probably use right. in terms of your presentation. Now the, the slides weren't that much different, right? The visualization wasn't different, but the way he talked to the audience mm. was very different yeah. and that's okay. You know, like, I mean, when we were teaching, that would definitely be one of the things that I considered was like, we can go into like all of this, like crazy design theory, but mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, um, you know, my students are actually really excited. They have examples like where, where they're walking around outside and they're like, Whoa, that's what, that's what she meant about complementary mm. colors. Or that's what she meant about lighting and, and stuff like that. You know, where people after your presentation continue to think about what you just said and what you educated them on. That's a big goal, but you did achieve it. And I do think that everyone that's listening can do the same. I agree. It's not just cause yeah, anyone can do this and it's just about, you know, putting the right pieces together and, uh, yeah, if you guys do a presentation and you want some help with it, head us up. We'd love to help. You know, I'll check just, it out. I would love to check it out. And, um, yeah, we look forward to talking with you guys tomorrow. Yes. And hearing from you. We love hearing from you. So we will talk to you manana. Hasta luego. Bye.